Well, hello. <laughs> Welcome to Voice Notes from Textured. My name is Simon Mayhew. I'm an interior designer and the founder of Textured, a luxury interior design studio. I had an unconventional route into interior design after building a successful theatre agency in London. I just couldn't ignore my love for interiors, so I'm here to do it all again with Textured. Now, I'm a huge voice noter, and since we're friends now, each episode I'll be sending you a voice note, exploring different elements of interior design and the highs and lows of running a business. So, I'm about to press record. Are you ready? Hello, welcome back to my podcast. It is Wednesday the 15th of November. I've just sat down at my desk. I've had an amazing few days. There is so much happening at Textured recently. I cannot wait for next year. I'm about to finish my Deansgate Square project. I'm going styling with my client this afternoon. I'm going to buy a few bits. And then he's taking me for dinner because we're working on something massive next year. I'm going to Dubai next week for some meetings, which is very exciting. And um, yeah, it's been great. I've had some great potential client meetings over the last couple of days and feeling, you know, really, really positive. And actually, the meetings I've had recently inspired me to do this episode. So this episode is all about the process of interior design. And if you are thinking about using an interior designer for your home, your commercial project, it's basically talking about the process and what you can expect in the process. And this is from my experience, my take on it, and what I've picked up along the way. The first rule, everybody does it differently, which is not going to help you. But so many people do it different, slightly differently. There's a general process, but there are, there are designers find their own way of doing it. I'm going to tell you my way of doing it. And uh, hopefully it will help you in your decision making. And obviously, if you have any questions, please always do reach out to me. I'm more than happy to more than happy to help you. So with the process, I guess what you need to try and work out is what kind of style you're wanting. So get on Google, get on Howls, which I'm a part of, and there are loads of interior designers on there. And you can see aesthetics. You can kind of understand what that interior design studio is wanting to do. Now, from what I can see, I feel like most designers would like to think they can do everything and you know, most probably can. However, I do think most design studios have a, a aesthetic direction. Mine, I love everything luxury, mid-century, modern. I love Soho House. I love, yeah, that's kind of my vibe. Contemporary, just gorgeous. I'm not, for example, very traditional. I probably would be able to do it in, uh, if I really put my mind to it, but it's not where my sort of, I, I navigate, um, I gravitate towards naturally. I could still do it, but it's not my, it's not my thing. And I think you need to just go around and look at different interior designers, look at their portfolio and see what they're putting out there into the world to see if it matches what you want to do. That's the first thing. If you can look at reviews, um, and this is from experience, just because a, a studio has loads and loads and loads of reviews, 
it doesn't mean someone with less reviews is any worse or better because everyone's at different stages in their careers. And actually, again, from experience, maybe I'm just saying this because I'm, you know, relatively new interior design studio. You know, I, I'm confident I'm good in my skill set. I have an eye. And just because I haven't been going for 20 years, it doesn't make me any less of a designer in terms of my app. If, if anything, I think my, you know, my designs are, are, are very fresh because of that, I think. And that's not me dissing any other designers. Um, <clears throat> I would say my, what I was trying to say is don't discount new designers. Um, once you've reached out to the designers you like, maybe reach out to a couple because it's really important. It's a bit like speed dating where you want to try and make, because it's your home, you or your or your commercial project, you do want to get on well with them and you do want to sort of connect with them. So it's really important that you speak to a few for sure. <clears throat> Once you have done that, they will, they're more, I do, I jump on a call with them and just have a chat. Have a little chat. <clears throat> I've got a, uh, just, sorry, I've got a tickly cough. Um, I've got a questionnaire in front of me and the questions are like, have you work, worked with an interior designer before? Um, why do you want an interior designer? What aspects of texture did you like? Like when they went onto my website, what we, what did they like? Then we go into specifics about the project, um, the spaces you're looking to redesign. How do you envision the spaces? How do you want to feel in the spaces? Then we talk briefly about styles, timelines, budget, which is, I mean, it can be endless, but you do need to try and have a budget in mind. And with the budget, you know, timelines and understanding how the budget can affect that as well. Do you want bespoke pieces? Then we talk about, I ask them, you know, what do they know about the design process? Um, I run through that, which is kind of what I'm doing now in the podcast. And then we talk about any specific constraints and general questions. And I, I always like to ask, you know, how, how do you like me to communicate? I have a business WhatsApp, so I, it's very easy for me to communicate on there. Um, and send pictures and things. So th that's sort of the initial call. <clears throat> that's normally not paid for. Um, it's a free discovery call just to have an initial chat. If you then like that designer, again, this part, everyone does something slightly different, but normally you would then pay for a design consultation where the designer would come to your home, you would meet over a cup of tea for a few hours in the space, ideally, unless it's not built yet, and really just sort of like get to know each other and <clears throat> throw some ideas around, do the space planning, just a general idea. So the designer really understands what you're, what you're wanting them to do and the expectation of them. Because I think that's where it can get, because it is quite complicated. And from the get go, you have to be very clear, the designer has to be very clear what they're expected to do in the project because once the project gets going, you know, things happen, it's, ne it's not, it's not a, a clean line. <clears throat> things will happen, things will change, you change your mind. So you've got to make sure that in the proposal you get from the designer, everything's in there and you understand the proposal and that's why the in-person design consultation is so important so you build a rapport with the designer 
you really get on you get on the same page in terms of what is going to be happening in on your project then that designer will go away and do a full uh proposal for you so everything will be listed now some designers do a flat fee for the whole project that's what i do so i look at the whole pro project as a whole and then i will break it down into stages how much that will be and i do a flat fee some designers i believe do an hourly rate which i feel like is getting less and then some designers also look at square footage but i just look at the project as a whole that's how i would like it it's much simpler and then in the proposal, I'll tell you what you get for that flat fee. And then within that flat fee, for example, I might allow two sets of revisions for the design concepts. If we get to two and I'm really happy with them, the client's really just not happy with them. They want to do more or they want to keep going. Then at that point, the designer might may go, okay, I'll do one more for you in good faith or depending on how, on how much time the client's taken, they might say, look, I can do another revision for you, but we are gonna have to charge you. And that should be set out in the fee proposal. And that's, that's, that's really, really important. Once you've signed off on the fee proposal, which is amazing, then the designer will come around and I will come around and I will do a full look around the property and a full site survey. I will measure everything. I will take photos, I will take videos, I will get all measurements. And again, I'll probably reconfirm at that point potential initial ideas for the space. And normally, because we've already built up that relationship, I may you know, send a few pictures on WhatsApp and just sort of just see where my head is going and just sort of be, be excited. It's, it's exciting. So you want to get excited about the project. So I will always try and send a few uh, send a few pictures. So I'll come over, do the site survey, take accurate measurements, and then look at any features that may need to stay, etc, etc. I might take a few sketches of things. I use a program in-house where I will uh, scan. It's so good. So if I come to your home and you watch me do this, it's so good. So I will scan the room and on the phone, it will basically measure the room accurately and then draw a 3D model in the app that you have access to. It's so good. And then I will then work my spatial planning from there when I get to that point. So at this point, it's just the site assessment and measurement. Once I've done that, everything's fine. I would probably check in with the client and make sure, you know, is there any images you want to just throw my way? I will talk about one thing I didn't... Uh, mention as well I always try and find out like what hotels they like to stay in where they like to go on holiday where they like to visit and get a really idea good idea of, of, of their of the client's taste so at that point I will then go away and based on the client's brief I will develop a conceptual design and that's mood boards color schemes and the pre preliminary layout ideas so it's super creative it's about exploring ideas, exploring colors, exploring looks. I will do that per room. And what I will do as well, so when I do that per room, I also want to then try and uh, pull it all together to make sure that the whole project flows together. Now, I use a system called Programmer who sponsor this podcast. 
I use Programmer, it's so good and it's great for you. So you will basically get your a live link to everything. So every time I upload, upload any images, designs, you will see it instantly. So I will do it per room, find inspirational images, and that's the direction. I will then present that to you as this is the idea and the direction of your space. So the things in those images aren't necessarily what you're going to get. It's just an, an idea of the direction that we're heading towards. You might notice uh, certain materials you like, certain colors you like, and we'll, and we'll discuss that at the conceptual stage. So I'll then get feedback from you. And then, you know, hopefully, there won't need to be any huge revisions. And the, the design style, because I've listened to you, and the interior designer has listened to you, they're pretty much on track with what you're wanting, especially if they've given you inspirational images. So that's kind of where you're at. Of course, if you need to do some revisions, then you can. At that point, the designer should ask you to freeze the designs. So to freeze the concept designs. And again, remember, this is just ideas. Once you have frozen every single room, of normally, of course, you can go back if you change your mind. I always say, I want you to be happy. It's your home and you have to live there and create these amazing memories. So I want you to be happy there. But if you go back and you start changing the design, that is gonna normally be an additional fee because that's gonna be out of the two revisions of the fee proposal. So you need to think about those things and the designer will, will guide you along the way. But normally there are no problems because the designer has listened to your initial brief. So we have frozen the concept design on the project. The next set section you kind of do, I do at the same time. And it's the spatial planning and starting to look at specific furniture fixtures and fittings, which is FF&E. &E. I will then, in the software that I use, House, let's talk about a living room, for example. I will have the accurate measurements of the living room. I can then find the correct measurement of a sofa I may like, and I will put that into the room as a 3D model so you can see exactly the space it's going to take up. I will then at the same time put all of the specifications of that sofa in Programmer on your live link so you can see exactly what it's gonna be. Now this part of the project is where it takes time because things may go out of stock. You've got to think about lead times. You've got to think about how bespoke you want to be. You know, if something's not in stock or you change your mind or it's too big or it's too small, it will affect the whole spatial planning. So it's really important that this bit goes as smoothly as possible, but be aware things may change and you have to go into it knowing things is go things will change because of all, there's so many factors that play into it, stock levels and all sorts of stuff. So I, at the same time, at the, in each room, using my concept designs, I will look at the spatial planning and taking aboard all of your feedback while choosing my items and you'll be able to see on a floor plan where I think everywhere should go. Now, if you don't like the sofa I have chosen, 
but you love the spatial planning, I will then have to try and find another sofa within the same measurement so we don't keep playing around with the spatial planning of the room. So this is where it kind of like a bit of negotiation happens and, and I will always try and find the right things for you. So the designer creates detailed floor plans showing the layout of furniture, fixtures and fittings and you can also at this point get three 3D renders and sketches to help you visualize the space. You might not need this on every space or every room. Um, if it's a commercial project or a hospitality project, you probably will want these images so you can use for your marketing. Um, but for residential, you know, it's not always needed and also depends on budget as well. But you can, normally the designer will put that into their fee proposal so you can see if you want it or not. And maybe you can add that in at a later stage like I do. Okay, then we move on to the selections materials for flooring, wall treatments, cabinetry, countertops, fabrics. So this is kind of in tandem. So all of this spatial planning and the selection all runs at the same time. It all sort of, it all goes together. Once you've signed off on all of the furniture and you're happy with everything that we've chosen, I will then, as we go, get samples of everything. I think it's so important that you feel the fabric of everything we choose. Now, this is the, the bit I absolutely love. I will then present those in trays, bring them to your property, and we can meet up for coffee somewhere, and basically go through everything. Make sure all the colours work. Make sure everything works completely. And at this point, we will have an idea of wall colours and obviously uh, wallpaper is sort of fixed. But my advice on wall coloring is wait towards the sort of tail end of the project. Have a, a, you know, a color, if you're going for neutral, go towards, you know, think neutral in, in the color palette when you're, when you're going through it with your designer. But the final shade should really be picked right at the very end where everything's sort of in and then it's just ma making sure you've got the right neutral. You might need a slightly lighter one or a slightly warmer one. So I would always wait on, wait, wait on that bit. And this is where it gets really complicated. So at the same time as the spatial planning and everything being ordered, it's the interior designer's responsibility to keep an eye on the budget. In Programmer, and the link that you get of all the items I buy, you will be able to see how much everything is. And we will keep monitoring the budget. And with budget, obviously, you have to try and come up with a figure, which will probably move a little. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to spend to that figure. We always want to be the most cost-effective way. However, I mentioned yesterday to a potential client, like if some, if I see something amazing, I will bring it to the client's attention and say, oh my God, I have just seen this light. It is probably about a thousand pounds over budget. However, it's a showstopper. And then it's the client's decision. So you've got to be, you know, bendable in the budget section. So the designer prepares the itemized budget and the cost estimation for the project. You'll be able to see everything. And then you start thinking about labor and all of that, what that entails as well. Again, things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Things are going to change. So always bear that in mind 
when you're thinking about budget. Um, you know, obviously I will do my best as a designer for for nothing to go wrong. But nine out of ten, something happens, something's damaged in the post, something will happen. Um, and you just got to sort of laugh your way through it and get it fixed as quickly as possible. So once the sort of, once the trade have then been appointed, then it's the interior designer's job to start working with the trade and just start implementing everything really and making sure all the deliveries. Now deliveries is another thing. Actually, I'm, actually no, 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 I'm going way too ahead. I'm going way too ahead. Stop, Simon, stop, stop, stop. So I'm getting carried away. So once you've chosen everything, so you've, you've gone through your trays, you've gone through materials, you've, you love everything. At that point, an invoice will be raised and you'll pay that invoice and then the interior designer will make all of the purchases. Now, this is where it can get a bit confusing. Some designers don't do any of the ordering and the project managing. And obviously then that, that won't be in their fee. So when you're speaking to them, like for example, some people just want e-designs or just the initial designs. Personally, for me, I always prefer to be on projects from the beginning until the end. Part of it for me is being in the home and and doing it. I don't I just don't want to sit at my computer and uh, give and sort of do designs on, on my computer. I want to be in the home and styling. That's the bit I love. So once everything's frozen, the invoice will be raised at the same time as all of the trades then being appointed making sure timelines and they've got your scheduling and it, it, it's a it's a bit of a you've got you've got to be organized and I am very good at being organized and project managing and you know you plan ahead if you know you're going to get something you know huge made and you know it's going to take time and, and you, it's a specific trade that you need then we need to contact them sooner rather than later because of availability issues. We don't want the project to keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Um, again, trades availability can then affect the overall timeline of the project. So you kind of got to breathe and go through the process. So once we're there, obviously the clients reviews the plans and materials, the budget. We can look at any revisions at this point, you know, any major things, budget issues, if we've overspent a little bit or underspent, could we maybe improve if we've tried to pull back on the budget in certain areas and you go, actually, can we relook at that table? Because actually, I think we could maybe potentially get a nicer one. Um, then no, let's do it. So that's done. Then it's about the execution and the project management. So the design plan is put into action. And I will see, oversee the project, coordinating the contractors, the suppliers, everyone make sure everyone knows what they're doing i will then make regular site visits to monitor progress and ensure the quality after this recording i'm actually going to whiz over to my project because the wardrobes are going in they started yesterday and i just want to make sure that everything's okay and you know nothing is going awry because builders as nice as they are some of them don't always see what i see and some of them will maybe just do things without checking with me or checking with the client um, and we're always like why did you do that why did you, why did you do that and then you have to come back and fix it and change it and then there's costs so I like to be you know there and making sure everything's okay 
uh, or all they'll send me videos and I can, you know if the project's you know far away I can, I can sort of keep track um, on that then it's basically the final installation of all the furniture everything will be ordered delivered on time at where the, the project is at the deliveries can be a bit of a hoo-ha because the t- some delivery guys will just literally chuck the box and go. So I, I always try and make sure that they will deliver it to your front door, into your home. Um, if you're not going to be there, we need, because normally you will accept the deliveries, the client accepts the deliveries. If that's not possible, you can potentially get a storage unit and get everything sent there. And then we can deliver it all in one go towards the end, which I'm probably going to do on my big project next year. Um for ease because deliveries as you know just normally they just rock up when they want and you've got to kind of hope for the best and it's it's quite irritating um so it's about the final installation and then it's styling everywhere making sure all the artwork's being hung up all the decorative elements um everything's up this is the most exciting bit you can you're finally getting to the end of the project and then it's the final walkthrough and handover. So the designer and the client will do a final walkthrough to ensure everything is completed to satisfaction. Any minor adjustments or finishing touches are made. And then the project is handed over. Um, I like to do a follow-up visit after a few weeks just to ensure that the client is happy and we can address any issues that arise. So that is the process. As you can imagine, all the only thing I'm going to say is it, it, there's so many moving parts in any kind of build, any kind of project that go into it with an open mind and an open heart and just really trust your interior designer and really trust they know what they're doing. But just try and go into it knowing something may go wrong. Um... Hopefully not catastrophically, 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 what's the word? <laughs> catastrophically. Oh my God, what is the word? I'm going to have to Google it. <clears throat> um, and yeah, then you'll be fine. Uh, but just always be open and honest with your interior designer. It's your home. Never be afraid to say you don't like something. And Yeah. That's the process of interior design. It's a whirlwind. It is a lot. Um, I really hope you have found this episode helpful. If you have, please reach out to me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have people actually um, listening and engaging with the podcast. So please do message me and have a lovely day. I will keep you posted on everything my end and I will hear from you very soon. Well, there you go thank you so much for listening to this episode it really means a lot now i know it's a complete faff but if you could subscribe rate and review this podcast it will really help other people find me you can also say hello to me at my instagram that's at underscore textured underscore yes that's a mouthful and that's textured without the first e or Get in touch with ideas for future episodes by emailing me at info at textured.studio.